Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of his word. I always have questions. I think we should always have questions. So today's message is called that. (laughs) I have questions. So... Today, we have come to celebrate Shavuot, the last of the spring festival days. And it's been a long journey from the exodus of Egypt to the plains of Sinai. Scriptures make it apparent that Hashem's sovereign will and power are on full display. And no sooner as one major event has Uh, concluded, another event unfolds. It's like a chain. All the spring festival days are tightly connected together. So these feast days are, so are these feast days, these days of remembrance, where scriptures are read once so we can faintly hear the words in our ears and then forget what we've heard? Or should these words be examined, meditated on in such a way as to strengthen and uplift our spirit and increase our faith? I personally believe that our knowledge of scripture increases substantially when we approach the Word of God in almost a childlike manner. In other words, always be prepared to ask the question, why? Then seeking out the answer in the Torah and allowing the Holy Spirit of God to give us the understanding. So today, What we're going to do briefly is that I'm going to look at the four springtime feast days. Not in any great detail, but asking important questions why certain events happen the way they did. God has given these feast days that we may better understand who he is. It's through these feast days that God reveals to us a great deal about his character and his attributes, his plan and his purpose. And these unlock our understanding to all scriptures. So it's vitally important to us to study the Torah. Right? So I have questions. Have you ever asked yourself the question, Why was Passover even necessary? Think about that for just a moment. Why was even Passover, why was it necessary to keep or observe? 
Well, we have to answer to that question in Genesis 15. And he said unto them, and he said unto Abraham, Know certain for certainty that your descendants will be a stranger in a land that's not theirs, and they will serve them. They will be afflicted for 400 years. But also, the nation whom they serve I will judge, and afterwards I will bring them out with great possessions. But in the fourth generation they will return here. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So when you read that, there's, there's a problem. When we look at the last part, it says, but in the fourth generation, they will return here. Well, we have a problem because all the descendants of Abraham were in the land of Canaan, right? So how can they return from something when they're dwelling? Well, of course, it's, we know that when we read from Genesis 15 until the end of the book of Genesis, we see how God uses dreams. Remember Joseph with the coat of many colors? He had dreams, an interpreter of dreams. God gave him that ability. From his dreams and interpretation of dreams and through a severe drought, God drew all his people out of the land of Canaan into the land of Egypt. And it's by his mighty hand, too, that he brings judgment. So now think about, think about why was it necessary to take his people out of the land of Canaan. And, you know, we don't go into full detail with this, but just lightly touching the surface, let's say it this way. God removed his blessing and his righteousness from the land of Canaan. Now Canaan was laid bare to do what the world would want to do. That's why we have Passover. God led his people to a place so that another place, if you will, could be judged. And that it was. Now when we look at, we move forward to Passover itself. Now we know that Passover is pretty, pretty straightforward on how we are to remember that day. You know, with the bitter herbs, the unleavened bread, the staff in your hand, your loins gird, and all of this. All of this is described very plainly on how to observe the Passover. But there is a very significant question to ask. And that is, why did God use ten plagues to deliver his people out of Egypt when everybody knows full well that God could have simply with one, one plague, eliminated the, the Egyptians and his people would have been set free. Now that's a pretty big question, but you know what? God answers that question. He answers that question in Exodus 9:15, And he says, now, if I had stretched out, this is God speaking, if I had stretched out my hand and struck you, and your people with pestilence, then you would have been cut off from the earth or you would have been destroyed. But indeed for this purpose have I raised you up that I may show my power in you 
and that you may, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. God says, I did it for my name's sake. I did it so my name would be declared throughout all the earth. That's why I did the ten plagues. Not that it would show any weakness on his behalf, but literally to show his power and demonstrate his glory. That his domain is over all the earth. God is sovereign. So it was by no accident God used ten plagues to deliver his people out of Egypt. It was by design for his divine purpose that his name would be proclaimed throughout all the earth. Now, when we come to the time of unleavened bread, again, I'm just moving through these festival days pretty quickly. When we come to the time of unleavened bread, it's here, again, it's pretty straightforward. For Moses says unto the people, remember this day, the day that you came out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by the strength of the hand of the Lord, he brought you out of this place. No unleavened bread shall be eaten. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day uh, there shall be a feast unto the Lord. This is Exodus 13, 3 and 6. So unleavened bread, again, is something that's pretty straightforward, easy to remember, not a problem. But then we come to the Feast of Weeks and the counting of the Omer. Now, in this case... There is a lot that's going on here. And when we begin to count the days of the Omer, or the Feast of Weeks, we notice that a cloud appears in front of the tribe of Israel. Now, my wife told me the other night, she says, the cloud is still with us. It's on the internet. I don't. I'm sorry. I just, I just blame my wife. She came up with it. <laughs> so, so when the, uh, you may recall that when the children of Israel departed out of Egypt, there was a cloud. So, so the Lord went forth that day in a pillar of a cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire. So as to go by day or night, that means that the Israelites could have traveled by day or night because the presence of the Lord was there. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night before the people. Okay? So, so this was a pillar that was going forth in front of the people. And again, this is connecting. So now we got Passover, we got unleavened bread, when they're coming out of Egypt, and as soon as they come out of Egypt and begin the Feast of Weeks or the counting of the Omer, there's the cloud that's going right there. So now we're going boom, boom, boom. God is with it all, all the way. You know, through all the plagues and through everything else, God is there, there, there. You know, so, so but this is the angel of the Lord. So who is the angel of the Lord? Well, it really doesn't tell us specifically until some 10 chapters later, until we get into Exodus 23, the scriptures tell us who he is. So let's look at 
says, Behold, I have sent an angel before you in, in the way to bring you into the place that I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions. My name, my name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. Now the cloud represents the presence of the Lord. And the cloud has a purpose. What was the purpose? To keep the people in the way. To keep the minds focused, if you will, on him. To lead the people to a place that he has prepared. I just can't help but think about where the Lord says, I have prepared a table before you. And that just popped in my mind. My name is in him. Obey his voice. Be obedient to the words of God. And if you obey my voice, I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. If you obey my voice, I will fight for you. I will deliver you. I will defeat your enemies. Oh, I love that. Can you imagine that? The Lord going before you. It's awesome. Someone asked a rabbi one day, he says, does God really see us? Does he hear us, our cries? Does God really care about our needs? You know, it's during this time of the Feast of Weeks or the counting of the Omer that we find out a lot about the character of God. And I really love this period of time that's between the Exodus and Mount Sinai. God's hand is revealed so mightily and wonderfully to each and every one of us. So what we understand during this period of time is that about a month about a month after the people left Egypt, the Israelites left Egypt, they began to run out of food and water and bread and it's at that time that they lodged some pretty serious complaints against Moses and Aaron, as we read from Exodus 16, and it says, And they journeyed from Elam. All the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin, which is before Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they departed out of the land of Egypt. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said, Oh, that we would have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by our pots of meat and we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Wow. I can't help but ask myself, it's like, how can you even say that? 
God is right there. He's a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke. He's in your presence. And you're saying, I wish God had killed us in Egypt. It was much better there. Are you kidding me? How can you do that? But then Moses says, this shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread and full in the morning. The Lord hears you. He hears your complaints, which you made against him. And he says, what are we? What am I? What is, what is Moses? What is Aaron? Who are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses spoke to Aaron and said, said, Say to the congregation of the children of Israel to come near before the Lord. He has heard your complaints. Now it came to pass that as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses. I have heard your complaints. I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them saying, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it was that quails came in the evening and covered the camp. And in the morning, a dew laid all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance, as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, Yo, what is it? But they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord commanded. Let every man gather in according to each one's need. One omer for each person according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent or for the size of your family. Then the children of Israel did so and gathered, and some gathered more, and some gathered less. But when they measured it by omers, so the one who gathered much had nothing left over, and the one who gathered little had no lack, and every man gathered according to each one's need. We see here in scriptures that God does see us. He hears us. He hears our cries. He provides for our needs in wonderful ways. In ways that we would have never considered or thought possible. God does see. God does provide for his people. But I have a question. What is an Omer? Do we know what an Omer is? 
Uh, Omer, it's defined as a heap or sheaf. Also, uh, Omer is a dry measure, it's an Omer. Am I missing something? So when I initially looked up, yeah, that's what happened. I lost it. I'm like, I'm like, what? So when I looked it up, in all seriousness, when I looked up Omer, it says, oh, it's a sheaf. I said, really? Okay, what's the definition of a sheaf? It's an Omer. It's an Omer. But what's also interesting about that is that when I read those scriptures to you, it's your portion. It's one person's portion. One person's portion. And one person's portion is not equal to another person's portion. And you are to gather an Omer for every person in your family. Right? So if you have a little one, that Omer would be this much. For a teenager, it's this much. <laughs> so, so you get my idea. So it was what, according to your need. And another scripture comes to mind when we give thanks to the Lord for our daily bread. Remember that? Give us this day our daily bread. This really pops when I think about that. Oh, I love scripture. So let's see. Oh, yeah. I have the exploding picture on my, on my notes as well. <laughs> so, so let's look at number 10. And Moses said... Let none of it stay until morning. Notwithstanding, they did not listen to Moses. But some of them left part of the manna the, in, in their homes overnight. And it bred worms and it stank. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered every morning, every man according to his need. But yet, when the sun became hot... It melted. And so it was that on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each person, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. They came to him and said to him, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Shabbat to the Lord. Bake what you want today. Boil what you want to boil today. Lay up for yourself all that remains to be kept until morning. And they laid up until morning as Moses commanded. And it did not stink. Nor did they find any worms in it. And then Moses said, eat that today. For today is the Shabbat to the Lord. Today you will not find any in the field. Six days you shall gather, but on the seventh day, the Shabbat, there will be none. 
See, for the Lord has given you the Shabbat, therefore he, he gives on the sixth day a double portion. Every man remains in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Now it's here that God establishes the Shabbat day as a holy day, a day of rest. And it is also a reminder to us that God knows what day of the week it is. God knows what day of the week it is. Because for 40 years, God knew what day of the week it was. He allowed for a double portion to be taken up on the sixth day. But he would not allow anybody to even take more than what they should or to keep over any other day, any part of the manna that was collected, or it would stink and rot, but not on the Sabbath. And I think that's a good reminder to us. It's a good reminder. God does know what day it is. He knows today is Shabbat. He knows. So, we read that when they collected this manna, that it was like white coriander seed. And the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Now, I have no idea what a coriander seed looks like. So, I looked it up. And that's what it looks like. So, and these are small, you know, very tiny seeds. So if you picture in your mind that in the morning after the dew left the, the land when it rose, that what was left behind was something about the size of a coriander seed, like white snow, almost like a small ball of hail or something like that. Very fine. And God provided that for 40 years. 40 years. God did this. Wow. God just blows my mind. Normally Jason takes my hint, but there you go. I knew I wouldn't be disappointed. <laughs> so now... I missed something, but that's all right. So now we're just going to move to Shabbat very quickly. And like I said, never stop asking why in scriptures. Right? And when we move to Shabbat, there's a very important question that we should ask. Why did God call only the descendants of Abraham to himself? Why did God just call the descendants of Abraham to himself? First of all, I think we need to consider that God is a God of blessing. He is a God of covenant. That which we read again in Genesis 15, 18, he says, On that same day he made a covenant with Abram, to your descendants have I given this land from the river Euphrates, or from the river of Egypt to the river Euphrates. 
And secondly, God has called the people to be separated from all the other nations, a special treasure unto himself. God's blessings and covenant was through Abraham and through his descendants. But I just want to pause here and just offer up one more thought. Have you ever thought that the descendants of Abraham are like a sheaf offering of the first fruits of the earth? A portion, a portion of all the population of the earth. God has taken from the whole population of the earth a portion, a sheep offering to himself that would be holy. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you are to speak to the children of Israel. God's ultimate plan was to have a righteous people and a holy nation. We must also remember that it was Israel that God revealed himself to, no other nation. It was the Hebrew people that witnessed firsthand God's presence, power, provision, and his wrath. So, why is it so important to ask the question, why? (laughs) We ask the question, why? Because it opens up our minds a mystery and a curiosity to investigate deeper, not to be satisfied with the norm, but to seek out knowledge and a deeper understanding of the text. The question why has revealed to us some very important characteristics and attributes of God just in our quick review of the spring spring festival days. We discovered that God is sovereign and fulfills his will. No power in heaven and earth can stand against him. God reveals his covenants. God keeps his covenants and his vows. God's word is eternal. God sees our needs. Matthew 6, 8, Yeshua said, Your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask. God hears our cries, and he comforts us. God provides for our needs in unexpected and wonderful ways. God delivers his people. God redeems us and saves us from judgment by the blood of the Lamb. The Lord our God is holy. Be you, therefore, holy. We have come here to celebrate Shavuot. Let's celebrate today with joy and dancing and singing and praise and worship. Let's worship the Most High with all that we have. Let us hear in our ears the words spoken by God to his people. Words that are righteous and true. And with joy, may each of us 
be a blessing to the Lord and to one another. Let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we do love you, we praise you, we thank you. Lord, your word is so awesome. Lord, even when we look at a coriander seed, a small seed, just one, how many billions of seeds did you give your people Israel to make bread? Lord, you're awesome in all your ways. Let your blessings be upon your people. Strengthen them and guide them in all that they do. And it's in Yeshua's precious name we pray. Amen and amen.